Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm your host, Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hi, Kate. So, Wynne, you brought up a topic that you and I tossed around a little bit right before the show. And even after just a few minutes, my thought was we could talk about this one for episodes, episodes. Uh, different, you know, different ways of seeing it and different aspects of it. But uh, why don't you introduce what you and I talked about before we started? Sure. Well, I think you've given everyone a bit of an insight into how far in advance we plan these things, right? <laughs> uh, literally, this was um, as you and I were getting ready to re- to meet to record today i noticed that two people i was talking with today and uh someone i talked to uh on saturday were up against a similar thing or the same thing really which i can relate to so how do i say this as clearly as i can let's see i remember noticing that how I felt, especially when I felt crummy, insecure, anxious, nervous, down, etc. That when I realized and saw the truth of the fact that that was happening from within me, as opposed to it happening from the stuff in my life, so work, relationships, bank balance, when I saw that none of those external things in my life were the cause of how I felt inside, regardless of the feeling and regardless of how compelling it looked, that I saw the truth in that it was a thought created feeling. I was literally really feeling what I was thinking in the moment. I then, and uh, I've heard it from, I've said three people in the last three days, went into... Well, that makes me an idiot. I am a fool. It's even worse. So it was, as I mentioned to you a few minutes ago, it made the feeling worse when I first saw that it was created from within me. And I went into blame mode. I went in, well, if it's from me, then clearly there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my brain, my mind. I'm even more flawed than I thought. That's where I instantly went. And I I vividly remember it. It was, um, it's eight years ago. Eight years ago next month. That's kind of scary. When I first really saw me doing that. And then doubling down on the bad feeling by um, thinking I was to blame for how I felt and to blame for what was going on in me. 
And the good news is, that's not true. I'm not to blame for how human beings work. Now, that's kind of obvious said it in those words, right? I am not to blame for how human beings work. Win Morgan is not to blame for how 7.9 billion people on planet Earth, him being one of them, actually works and is designed to work. It's kind of ridiculous for me to say it out like that, but it's obvious now, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't see that what was happening in me was how every human being works all the time. I took it personally. So that's where I'd start today's conversation. Okay. You know, what's interesting is, um, I think it's, first of all, I think that response is probably really common for people that actually start to see this. Mm. Like very common. I've also heard people say, well, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, like when, when people start to have this conversation about how, you know, we're all living in that, our, our own thought created experience. And then people realize how unhappy they are in their lives, right? There's a certain amount, even before that whole step of guilt, right? There's that whole thing where they're like, well, why would I do that to myself on purpose? Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that we don't do it on purpose. And that is the beauty of how I think we work as humans is there's this just as real as the thoughts feel in the moment, that's how real our innocence is in the moment. Like they're equally real. And that's the gift, I think, that it's not just that that's what we're doing. That's where our experience comes from. That when it is that real and feels that real, our innocence is our gift as well. I don't know what it is about living life, but innocence, our own innocence specifically, isn't it our go-to? Even though it's our default mode and truth, you know? We're not really quick to, to see our own innocence even though it's who we are. I'm often challenged by clients on that. So, so I, I quote someone from two days ago, when I get that you see I'm innocent <laughs> and I get that you see your innocence. I don't see it. How, how do you explain that? They said to me. How, how do you say it? How do you say it to people, Kate? 
like if just saying it at first doesn't really do it for them. Yeah. Because mm. it sounds like a really neat idea until they see the truth in it. They see the default that you just said. Mm. You know, um, I've heard, and not specifically, you know, directly about this topic, but I've heard some of my other teachers and mentors, you know, when you watch kids, when they learn how to walk, and then they fall and they bust their head open, right? It's just kind of part of kids, you know, they get scrapes and bruises and knocks on their head, right? When they're learning how to walk. I'm and glad you said that, not they all bust their head open, because I can't remember that happening, maybe. That too. Oh, not. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, I think it's probably really normal, but uh, <laughs> I've seen my daughter do the same thing. But not once did it ever occur to me. Mm. She was doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. And I needed to give her a hard time about it. It didn't occur to me. So a lot of times I'll hear teachers and mentors talk about it in a way that, you know, referring, I guess, to when you're young and you're learning, there's just no blame. There's only, oh, hey, this is how we navigate the world. Sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes we're not going to see it. But there's always innocence in it. Like learning how to walk and navigate our surroundings, we pick up things along the way. Doesn't make them right, doesn't make them true. But if we knew better, they wouldn't seem so real. And the only other thing that, you know, occurs to me is when I'm talking to somebody, honestly, when it seems less important what I say than the fact that I just believe it 100%. I could literally just say, you know, I don't know how to explain. I just know it. And there's something so solid when you're talking to somebody that just believes in that and that other person's innocence and they're learning how to navigate this new world when you realize that it's all thought. Just sitting in that solid knowing. I think that seems to make more of an impact than any words, you know? Yeah. It's true. What do you think? I think that's just a lovely reminder. Because if it is the only, if it is in the words, then it's in an intellectual idea as mm -hmm. opposed to a gut feeling truth. We know they're not the same thing. And why settle for an intellectual idea being nice compared to the transformational effect of gut felt truth? And I remember as you were talking on. I remembered one conversation with somebody where they got down on themselves when they saw this for the first time. This is a few months ago now. And I, I think the conversation ended up with, 
you can't know what you know before you know it. Mm. So here was this person didn't understand that they were in their thought-created reality of life. And when they did, they then looked back at the rest of their life, their entire past, thinking that they should have always known that and they were to blame for something they didn't know. <laughs> I think it took probably about 40 minutes for us to kind of untangle and then end up there but it was it's kind of obvious we don't know what we know until we know it we can't know before we know it it's impossible to know impossible to understand something until we understand it and i remember one conversation with somebody it's like if we if we're in a quiz and we don't know the answer to a quiz we look it up but we I mean, we don't tend to give ourselves a hard time for the rest of our life and not knowing that until we looked at it. Mm -hmm. And it's no different. It's no different. And, and the other thing that, that I remember as well it, to notice for myself is that one of the characteristics of thought in human beings is that we take thought personally and don't always see it as a universal human being thing, a human being phenomenon of how we are and how we're built, as opposed to, I'm getting life wrong if I think this. <laughs> Thought looks real to human beings, full stop. Or in your part of the world, on the other side of the Atlantic from where I am, thought looks real to human beings, period. It does. It looks like it's the feelings are coming from things. It looks like that what we think is true and real and permanent and personal. And it's it's not. It'll look like that. And to me it's no more I'm no more uh, guilty of taking thought as real or personally than I am guilty for breathing out after I breathe in. I will breathe out after I breathe in. That's how breathing works. I will get tricked by my incredibly imaginative mind and creative mind constantly same as breathing we breathe we think we think what we think is true and real i don't give myself a hard time for breathing out after breathing in but i had to see that I had to see that it was universally true for every human being before it went from the nice comforting idea or sometimes discomforting idea because I went to blame mode into the, oh, 
human being. This isn't the Win Morgan thing. This is true for everyone all the time. I think that's why staying in the conversation is so important because this is so different this conversation and the the knowledge that we're always everything that we're always experiencing is thought in the moment and so when you're able to sit with a coach or a friend who gets this right when you say yeah I get that you see my innocence but I don't I don't see that in myself it could be with somebody that's like yeah I did that too you know and realize that is part of it and I still do it too yeah I still don't see it sometimes you know and I think that when you're with somebody in this conversation that just is willing to stay in it. That there's more to see. Always, there's always more to see. And just being willing to not have all the, all the insights at once, you know. That's a true gift in living life from inside out. Just somebody to say, yeah, me too. I do that. And I've found that when, you know, my own lack of innocence, seeming lack of innocence, or my own story about how something should be or how I should be, it bumps into this feeling now for me. But there's, there's another way. It bumps into it. I don't know what it is. And I can tell you in the moment, I just know there's more to see on it. There's another way of seeing it that I'm not seeing. And I feel it bump into my story of who I should be how I should be seeing it or how I should be handling it or feeling about it, right? Mm -hmm. So just being willing to know that there's another way and just kind of hanging in, yeah. not needing to know. That matters. Yeah. To not try hard to know when we know there's something else to see because the more we try hard there, yeah. the more we're spinning our the plates in our mind really fast and we're in the intellect or you know going back to the to the title of this podcast we're in mm -hmm. the noise yeah blame is noise all that stuff is noise and what I loved in hearing what you said is that there's another way, yeah. If the only thing we can discern is this is noise and this is what's under it. If we only knew those two things. 
and remembered it, which we do, and forget it, which we do and will, then the noise is a signal to say there's another way. As you just said, the noise is telling us that we're in our frontal cortex. We're in the intellect. We're in this. We're in analysis mode. Which is you know, a, a brilliant tool that we have as human beings. It's an incredibly, apparently, it's the most sophisticated thing that human beings have seen in the entire universe. Sits inside our own skulls. It's that powerful and sophisticated. So, of course, it will give itself things to do. Mm-hmm. And then there is another way, which is what's underneath the noise. What's underneath the feeling of blame? What's underneath all of those feelings that we don't like, that we're mean to ourselves, and we're anxious, and we're we are this and that. It's, in fact, you said it a few minutes ago, a gift. And it's a gift of knowing that when we're feeling that way and in the noise, there's another way. There's another direction. And it ain't this one. If I'm spinning faster in my head with those plates, giving myself more to do. Innocently. Every single time. Because it doesn't look like that's the way it is. It looks like, oh, I need to think better, think faster, think more. I'll think myself out of this. We don't see that maybe it was the amount of thinking and how sticky the thinking was at the beginning that set the plates off and set the whole whirring in our brain to happen. It's easy to forget that. And even if whether it's you know us or someone that we're in a conversation with it may not feel that way and recognize their own innocence in it in the moment but when we're solid in their innocence in that conversation i think there is a part of them that remembers They didn't always give themselves a hard time. It wasn't always like that. And we might just be the reminders in the moment until they remember. Yeah. I heard this. Actually, I think I read it in a book, although I couldn't tell you who it was. It was kind of a joke. That lucky for us, we still see our own innocent when innocence when we are trying to learn how to do things early on, like learning how to walk. Because otherwise, <laughs> we would think that we should have already known how to do this by now, and we wouldn't just get back up and keep going. And that, to me, is. It points to an innocence that 
we were formed. Thanks, man. Thank you, Kate. Thanks. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with... Wynn Morgan. Thank you so much for joining us. And if there is a topic or something that you would love for us to chit-chat about, please email us. The information is at the end of the podcast or at the end of the video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, we love new topics, and we love all your feedback that you guys have been giving us. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.